Good afternoon and welcome to Doc Talk Podcast. It is Tuesday the 13th. Uh, we find ourselves here at uh, Cisco Brewery enjoying a Doc Talk lager. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. You know, migrated from uh, wine in a can to uh, Doc Talk lager. I love it personally. I, I love it. My wife loves it. She went out and bought a four pack yesterday. She's, uh, it's a great beer. Yeah. So you'll have to excuse us. Uh, there's going to be some background noise, but that's all right. That's a forklift driving by us yeah. right now. I don't know what it's got on. Is that a case of Doc Talk on it? Could be. Maybe. Maybe. Rumor has it they've also started making some agave spirit, also known as tequila. Ooh. But they can't call it tequila. So they're so. calling it agave spirit? Exactly. Brewery's doing a lot of good things in uh, in COVID times. So I'll never forget my wife coming home like five or six years ago with a four-pack of Guinness. And I always like it, but I would never probably buy it. And she opens one up on like a Tuesday and starts drinking it. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? She goes, you know this is less than 100 calories? And she fills up a pint glass. I'm like, cool, I'm in. (laughs) So this Doc Talks is a dark lager, um, but low in alcohol, which is nice. Yeah, uh, sounds a good afternoon beer. Drink. Yes, for sure. Especially on an afternoon like this where it's uh, overcast, raining, not too pleasant. Yeah. So we are, uh, as you can tell, we are not on the water. Chris and I did decide to go fishing this morning with our good friend Matt Rainwater. And um, Matt, Chris, how'd you do this morning? I saw one. So did I. And in describing uh, our morning to our bartender waiter this morning he compared it to birding yes we were fishing like we saw fish like we saw a bird yeah it came right out of the water and waved its tail at us it did but yeah. let's be honest we're making fun but the fish are still here it's pretty yeah. good it's they are still here and uh just to give you my quick report this weekend i fished well, i actually scalped more than i fished which is another conversation to have in a second but I fished Sunday morning, and it was, I mean, blown 20, which is, I guess, what we get used to this time of year. Um, but I got four albies and lost a couple more, got some bass, and got some blues. I mean, in a four-hour fishing trip, that's actually pretty darn good, you know? I can't remember the last time I fished, honestly. I uh, casted that first lure out this morning, and I'm like, Fingers felt a little sore. <laughs> That's actually, to bring that on, I actually had four different occasions in the last couple of weeks where I had people asking me for taper band-aids. Oh, God. Like, and I'm just sort of like, uh, yeah, I can make that happen. I caught my first Albie from the beach this weekend. First ever? No. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, no. Ryan. No uh, but let's be really clear. That's more Albies than I caught from the beach this year. Chris? Yeah. Same? Yeah. I've gone... My defense, I love going to Great Point. I just haven't really given it the time it deserves. I've gone a few times this year and got sealed on a couple albies. So I've been hooked up to them, but didn't land there. them. Got a bunch of bluefish. So it was probably my third or fourth time. And it was one of those, I just went up at 6 a.m. by myself and hooked up onto one early. Lost it. I was like, ah, oh well. And actually, there's a seal between me and it. So I was totally good losing it. And then there were pods of Albies cruising across right and casting distance that I'll tell you, I made perfect casts and I didn't get them. But then, <laughs> then I got it on the blind like 45 minutes later and called it a morning. That's perfect. My coffee was still warm. Home Sweet. by 8.30. It was awesome. Good so still morning. So I bought my beach pass. I was telling this to Chris this morning. I bought my beach pass back in May or June. Just the first email I got from the trustees, mm-hmm. you know, 
kind of the idea is throw money wherever you can throw it just because you want to make sure everything exists. And the way they were doing is online buying, which I thought was great. And I'm usually out at a great point at least once a week during the summertime. So I'm usually out there 12, 15, 18 times. Today was the first time I went out there. So I actually never picked up my pass and it was closed. Yeah. So the irony Didn't is, it today. yeah, yeah. The irony is I, I, I paid for the pass and the first day that it's uh, closed out there is the day I go out there. Obviously, I'm more than happy to make the donation. It's good money, so I don't mind that. It's just the irony in the whole thing. Yeah, I'm never here, uh, so I can always borrow people's trucks to go up. Um, but I did ask for one for my birthday. Oh, that's, a, cool, that's a great present. Yeah. That's a great so. one. Well, this weekend on the point's always lively. This is uh, being, what, October 13th? We just mm -hmm. passed Columbus Day. And there's an awesome tournament, the Cranny. Yeah. Now, if the last five years are any indication, they should probably move the tournament to another time. Although, a lot more fish were caught this year than most. But it really? still isn't. It, it's... So it's a blue fishing tournament where it's teams of two and looking for the sixth heaviest fish. And while a lot of tournaments move to catch and release, this is still a kill tournament. And, and guys use them. They smoke them this time yeah. of year. So I'm, I'm not concerned about it. But like last year, the winning team was the only team to have actually caught six fish. And okay. so weight didn't matter. Actually, the second place team had more weight with four fish. This year, I think I heard reports yesterday of five or six teams catching the limit but I don't know who is gonna win so that's that maybe we leave that for next time but okay. it it's such a fun tournament and it's definitely a good crowd of people doing it and named after my great uncle really no way my grandfather's brother Granville Cranston I would say that is groundbreaking news <laughs> like, but it's probably very old news that we are just going well to I would like to fish it with you next year be fun. Yeah, I, I refuse to do 36 hours straight. If you're willing to do two <laughs> to three hours beach. a day on the beach, yeah. I will be your partner. Sounds good. Deal? Yeah. Cheers. You guys just witnessed this on the radio. So, you know what another idea for a tournament is? And I, again, this is 100% selfish, and I love the idea of the cranny, very local tournament. Um, you know, everybody fishing it is, we talk about the top 20 beach guys, pretty much all 20 beach guys are, are in it. It's, it's a very fun tournament. I'm still kind of working hard on the weekends right now, and Columbus Day weekend is a weekend I go hard. It'd be awesome to do this sort of last gasp, you know, tournament, something that is after Columbus Day, because there's sort of natural leaving points that people leave Nantucket, you know, third week in August, Labor Day, end of September, and the last one is really kind of Monday of Columbus Day, which makes today, Tuesday, after Columbus Day, kind of a special day. Yeah. So it'd be kind of cool to do like a, 24-hour last gas tournament. Would you do species? Most amount of species? I don't know how I'd do it. I might do points like, you know, I might do bluefish is a point, bass is two, albies three. You know, what, you know what I would do? I would do a classic like big, you know like largemouth bass fish in a lake? I would draw a line at the end of the jetties and let whoever want to enter and do like a classic day tournament just in the harbor. Yeah. <laughs> Teams of two on smaller skiffs, uh, and any species count, but your top six weights. I think that'd be a blast. Something to that. It's like an eight or ten hour tournament. It'd be better for June when the harbor's loaded, but yeah. at any time, like, 
Doesn't that just look like fun, those yeah. lake tournaments where it's like your faster boat beats a guy to the spot? Yeah. That's actually, we should, that's a really good idea. That would be a better June. So we do that as like a June, like, you know, not last gas, but first breath. I don't know, yeah. but you know, the, like, you know, we wouldn't want to, we wouldn't want to go after the rafts tournament, which is awesome, which we've talked about. Um, but excuse the background noise, everybody. <laughs> hold on, hold on. It's something about a one-day harbor tournament, and then do the uh, come up with a year-end tournament idea. But that'd be a great harbor tournament. Yeah. And then you just do a beach and boat division. You be careful, because uh, there are some secret spots in the harbor. Not that there's a ton of them, but like there's these little corners that you might fish that no one else does. You'd have all eyes on you, so you got to mm -hmm. be like, do you use it? Do you not? Like fishing under that dock. I've been. I've tried to watch some of those like tournaments the largemouth bass tournaments it's like there's timing in it and you got they just like rip it right in and you get disqualified if it hits the deck and <laughs> I, I love it's it. pretty funny i think but. it's so cool i love how they have six rods on the deck yeah no time to change lures let's just change rods here yeah. we go so speaking of this is actually kind of a nice segue into what chris bell um, uh sent me in a text last night um, something I've been talking about for a while, but um, I get a text from Chris. He knows I've been talking about wanting to build a um, uh, basically a, a pond skiff, like a 14, 15 foot pond skiff. So in my text last night at 9 o'clock, whatever it was, comes across from Chris is this plans to build a 15 foot pond skiff. He goes, What do you think? And immediately I'm like looking at the plans and digging through all the photos. I'm like, This looks awesome. He goes, we just gotta make sure to do it together this coming winter. I'm like, 100%. So Chris and I are gonna build a 15 foot pond skiff. Because my thing about fishing is I, A, don't like fishing sitting down. Like I can't fish in a kayak and I can't fish in a canoe. Like I just, I don't wanna sit down. And then I want something big enough so I can, I like fishing by myself, but I love fishing with a buddy. So. We're gonna decal out the side, right? <laughs> oh. Yeah, get a, get a raft. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fun. That'd be awesome. So Chris and I are this winter, and we'll obviously do a doc talk probably around this. We're gonna build ourselves a, um, a two-person, 15-foot skiff. Cameron, you can help us build it. Yeah, I'll jump in, drink a couple beers, and uh, do what you tell me every once in a while. Spectate. Yeah. Spectate. I'm a great spectator. How fun was it last week? So I was, I don't even know where I was, but I got a text from a buddy, Chris and Sean together, not Chris Bell, Chris Conley. Uh, Who won the? Inshore, by the way. On the spin rod. All tackle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I so sent a guy him, I, I, who's I, such a fly fishing snob. We love you, Chris. I sent him. I sent him a text. Like, congrats. it's like winning the trolling division in some tournaments when you're a, when you're a spin fishing guy. <laughs> Don't get us wrong. All we do is spin tackle, so we're not knocking it. But mm. yeah, true fly guys like was, to stay with I the fly. I was very surprised to see that name up top. So it was I. Congratulations. He, he works yeah. really hard. All those guys did. That was awesome. I'm deserving, but to see it at the top of the all tackle section was very good but it's awesome so I, I know you're going with the story but I'm gonna stick on the inshore for a minute because I called Chris like at the beginning of the fourth week because he's he's one who's and I love him for this he's like what do you got and he's a good buddy of ours so I'm happy to share any information I got I'm like dude you are into this tournament like his buddies our buddy Sean came up and he took Sean searching for Benita I'm like Dude, Sean's fishing you for it with you for one day. Why are you chasing Benito with him? <laughs> like Sean go catch whatever fish he wants to catch. And Sean's a like world-class fisherman. But he's helping Chris catch up Benita. And which is pretty awesome. 
And so anyway, I texted John, or I texted uh, Chris about it. He goes, you know, every year I tell myself I'm not going to take this thing seriously, and I don't fish at all for the first two weeks, and week three I fish every day, because I just <laughs> get so excited about it. It's awesome. Speaking of winners, do you guys know a guy, John Moy, who won the Fly Fishing Beach? I feel like I've heard the name before, but I... I, I think I can picture him because like that morning I was up there which was Saturday morning there's a guy who I always see throwing a fly around the guy can throw a fly I have no idea who he is but the numbers he posted on a fly rod from the beach are insane like give me a I, I can't I can't wait to meet this guy or get to know him a little bit better but I've seen and heard his name a little bit and do you know I, do you have his numbers uh well he caught total inches was 101 inches so just shy of kind of what uh, and way outbeat the fly boat individual. So he did, I mean, that's pretty impressive. I mean, just. So the question mark. So he got all four species. He got Bonita to so get that. That's the interesting one, right? Is the Bonita is this key to this whole tournament. Yeah, you got to get that early. Because if you get, if, if 101, you said. Yeah. And I'm not, please, please don't take this as negative. But once you get the Bonita, A, that's 20 some odd inches, mm -hmm. you know, that less that you have to get. And B, you don't have to stack fish on top of each other. Yeah. And that's what happens. If you only catch three of the species, now you're going to have to try and find that 34, 35-inch bass. Yeah. And there were a bunch of 34, 35-inch blues. That was the interesting one. Really? Yeah. Trip Donnelly got a 37-inch. Which is awesome. But what I also liked was John Colton, who's a heck of a fisherman, oh too. Oh, my God. That guy fishes hard. Uh, he won the beach division with the same length as Chris Conley on the boat. So... Everyone who's like, oh, the boat guys have an advantage. In theory, we do, because we can fish everywhere. But the problem is we fish everywhere, and those big fish are often just stacked <laughs> up next to the beach, you know? Well, the, the, other like, is, the boat guys are limited by date, by wind. Yeah, not making excuses. Um, where the beach guys, like a John Colton, he goes out in everything. You know, so limited by wind. And also, you know, there's a little bit of overthinking where the beach guys just work. Like, they, like... I bet you John Colton took more casts than anybody else in this whole tournament. I found myself this morning when we were on the beach like, so this is really what beach fishermen do? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had a hit. We haven't had a look. <laughs> we saw a fish, so. <laughs> they work hard, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. They definitely deserve a lot of respect. But the other thing is they figure out pretty quickly, like back in June, that, okay, I fished for three hours from five to eight, and I didn't get a hit. I try from nine to noon, midnight. And it's like I go to bed at nine. <laughs> yeah. But those guys go catch a lot of fish from nine to midnight, you know. So more power to them for sure. So the story Way started out. The story started out about talking about Chris and our buddy Sean sitting at the Benita Bar, and you see a uh, video of I think Sean casting his fly line. Oh, this is cool. Over what looked like a twelve or thirteen foot white shark, and it's like. Clearly, he wasn't looking to catch it. It was just like showing perspective of how big this thing was. It was like uh, one of those videos, one of those sites that we probably see once or maybe twice a summer. Yeah. But like to see it on video, because often it's like a eight to ten second like There's no perspective opportunity. They gave it perfect perspective. So we had a ton of fun with that. But not an hour and a half later, Corey, my phone blew up from. A woman we love, Angie Knapp, who was with her husband Lindsay, and they witnessed a seal getting attacked by what must have been the very same shark. And that was like, oh, that's <laughs> awesome. So, 
So Cameron's explained it well. I'm going to go another angle with it. We both at about 7 a.m. First off, I'm on the water. I don't know where Cameron is. I'm on the water less than two miles away chasing Albies. And we were crushing Albies that morning. It was awesome. And we're, uh, like, I get this video of this great white on the Benita Bar. And part of me is like, do you go back and look for it? But, you know, you're chasing ghosts at that point. But that was from Sean and Chris. And then, you know, text, you know, awesome, cool. Literally, as Cameron said, two hours later, the, the explosion on the phone. And Lindsay had texted me the night before. I don't know if he texted you the night before of, of, of where he should go fishing. I'm like, always down the Medina Bar. And then there's been fish all the way down to my comet or out towards the west. And then he sends he sends us this, this, and I'm like, holy crap, you know? I've never seen that. I've never no. seen the shark on the seal. I don't know if anybody has seen it on the Nantucket. I've seen the aftermath of it. Somebody, who was it, um, saw it attack on Great Point, maybe like seven years ago. I remember seeing know... a picture of a seal from mm-hmm. it, but I didn't know if anybody witnessed it. But that's like I saw what I think will be the most incredible shark thing I've ever seen this summer. Yeah. And I still had a hint of jealousy when I, I saw Lindsay's. Like I, I don't even know if I've told this story on Doc Talk, but I was offshore this summer uh, chasing white marlin, and I was with a buddy Matt and a buddy Norm, and we're coming in, and uh, we just had a hunch that we wanted to go grab some mahi from underneath um, a high flyer just to have some tacos that night. And so we went two miles off course and our buddy Norm's asleep on the back of the boat and sure enough, he needed to get in at a certain time. We're like, ah, let's go get a couple more fish before we go in. But that's where we came across, and I'm sure if you're listening here, you're probably a fan, you've seen these videos, a giant whale carcass. And when we came up on this, Matt and I looked at each other and was like, this is going to be amazing. And sure enough, we, we snuck right up on it and we saw this giant great white shark come up. And I'm telling you, this thing was every bit of 20 feet. I just saw how wide it was. And If you've seen the videos, the videos, you know, the videos confirm it. I mean, yeah. it's any perspective you take on it, it's, this thing isn't overblown. So we had 45 minutes of shark feeding on the whale, which was the most significant life-changing shark experience I've ever had because it just showed me how non-violent they are. They just, these are docile animals and they were cruising in these figure eight patterns and very predictable when they go up and chew. But the coolest part was I had Norm and Matt on the cameras and I was on the boat just putting us, we were five feet from this whale, putting us in the perfect position and I just got to hear everything. A couple things that come out of all this is um, first off it's like another reason why you go do this like because matt went out there probably eight nine times and you guys caught three marlin one day yeah we got you guys raised marlin the other days you guys did this a fair bit but people want to change people always want to have the unreal experience but what they don't realize is you have to put your time in and when you put your time in these experiences ultimately do, they come to you. They just come to you. Like, and it's just- Keeping your eyes open. Keeping your eyes open in more time. You know, it's like I was sitting and this is nothing like your story. I'm sitting- Wait, let me just finish that really yeah. quickly because my favorite part of the story. So Norm's all anxious to get in to uh, go help out his wife babysitting. And Jen's the most patient woman in the world. So I knew she'd be okay with it. But he's like, you could see him getting agitated. You're like, Norm, this is the most ridiculous once in a lifetime- Never to, ever gonna Ever is gonna happen to us. And, and 
That's where Matt turns and goes, listen, Jen, you're married, it's all good, but I've been divorced twice, and I've never even seen this, so you have a divorce to go before you can even see this again. That's great, Matt. That's, that's great. great. Uh, no, it's awesome. I mean, seeing stuff like that, and that's, you just put your time in. You know, yeah. I'm going to say, I, you know, my story, which doesn't pale in comparison, was I saw a thresher shark. We were out in the Eastern Rips. We got probably 15, 18 bass. This is 10 oh, days. Yeah, I remember seeing that video. This is 10 days ago. And then we come in, and uh, we come in from the, the getting the bass. I'm like, let's just go for a few albies. You had four great guys on the boat. And I was like, let's give this 20 minutes. It looked dead. I don't know where blind Albie. Other, I don't know where five minutes later blind Albie, which is again why you do it. And then we uh, look up. We're getting ready. Rod's going away. Guys sit down on the front of the boat. Probably 30, 40 feet. You know, boat length, boat and a half length in front of us. Thresh shark up in the air, spins around, comes right down. Everyone looks back at me like, "What just happened?" I'm like. Thresher shark. Like, you saw what I saw. Yeah, yeah. It's like it was awesome. And of course, one guy didn't see it. And that's the. Oh, we're doing it again. Can we replay? Yeah, you feel so bad for that guy because you're like, come on, man, come on. But that, uh, I forget. I was talking to somebody that same day who saw a tuna jump um, somewhere just off Wisconsin, and it's like that's you know, back like we saw in June. There's a lot of bait in the water right now. There's some big fish out there that are jumping around. You took a video of it. Shark coming clear out of the water off Wisconsin, right? Um, I did off of. Um, yeah, that was in June. Yeah, yeah that was uh, old man. I mean, that was a foggy day. It's incredible. It was Mako just up and down, up and down, up and down, uh, seven times. We literally watched it. It was probably 100 feet away. It was like three, four boat lengths. So clear as day. It was like your head's like like yo-yoing up and down. You're like, is it gonna do it again? Yeah, is it gonna do it again? And Pretty everyone's white marlin. And again, like if the family who was out with me fished with me a bunch. And if you ask them the highlights, like seeing that shark jump, like back to this whole thing is put your time in. You know, just like we put our time in today on the beach and we saw one fish. <laughs> it's all worth it. It's all worth it because ultimately more and more and different things happen. You know, for sure. Any other, uh, well, so we've got our plans to make a boat, but how about winter plans? Corey wants to scall up a little bit more. Yeah. We're talking about doing a trip. Yeah, so that's, uh, Joe, I want to go steelhead and I really want to go steelhead. <laughs> You're an amazing individual. Are <laughs> oh, you talking about a trip? No, it's just like, yes. I, I, I'm that's what in, I want to do. <laughs> I, I'm all in. I don't see a problem with so it. So we're... What makes me laugh is on Thursday, we're going to go fishing with a good buddy of ours, Matt Rainwater, the guy who we were talking about before, and he'll be on a podcast at some point soon, and he and I have been planning on just doing an Albie fish, bass, whatever we can get locally. Loop Cameron, and, hey, Cameron, you want to come? He goes, yeah, let's go tuna fishing. It's like, <laughs> no, 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 can we take, back it up for a second? You loop no one in. I dropped a text yesterday because I saw the winds were down around four miles an hour on Thursday morning. And we get very few opportunities in October where it's that light. They said, boys, what do we think about a tuna fish before Chris Bell leaves? That's the real story. And I know you prefer to fish (laughs) inshore. I I just like to shoot for the stars sometimes. And it often works out. It often doesn't. You do like to shoot for the stars. And then Cameron's right about that. But then it goes back to like, well, we were planning on doing this. He goes, well, what about like a midnight fish for bass? It was like three different texts. like... Again, shooting for the star things. What, what else can we do? All right. Yep. All good. Never I, know what you're going to see. I agree. You never know what you're going to see, but I still have this, like, 
I'm not ready for the fishing that I love to do to be done. And it's not done. There's fish still out there. Like I think that's uh, with the water temps right now and the amount of bait, like the amount of bunker in the water. Like that's one thing I want to be really clear is we're starting to talk about winter stuff and we should. It's fun to talk about scalping. I love scalping. We'll, we'll talk about that more. We still have two weeks of fishing ahead of us. And I honestly, I want to fish as many days as I can because I don't want to call this done yet. No, I've, I've, I've put enough people on fish. I want to put I want to put myself on some fish for the next two weeks. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at at this point. In terms of a winter project, off of fishing, if we get a cold snap, I want to rink in my backyard. <laughs> really? Why not? It'd be fun to have the kids skating around. Yeah. yeah. You got a backyard big enough. Yeah. Why don't you invest in a compressor system then? No, no. I just want two weeks of skating in the backyard. I think it'd be awesome. At that point, we'll get the ponds. That is the best. Yeah, but just the backyard, there's something about that. Okay, just saying. That's what I wanted. I didn't knock your skiff. No. <laughs> no. You could just say, that sounds fun. I'll bring my kids over to skate in your backyard. I think that sounds awesome, Cam. Thank you. That's what I need. A little oh. more positive encouragement. Cam, I'm going to help you build that outdoor rack. Yeah? Yeah. As soon as we see that snap, I'm in. I'm excited for oh, it. I'll be ahead of the snap. Maybe we'll have extra plywood for our boat. <laughs> So we're so so winter plans. I hope everyone's got their checklist going. We've got definitely scalloping, um, building a boat, backyard rink, um, fishing trip, camp, steelheading. That's what you want to do. Yeah. When are we doing it? Uh, early to mid-November. Right, like when your hands fall off. It's so great. <laughs> Let's do it. Done. I'm in. So the other, so Chris unfortunately is not going to be on that one. Nope. Um, the other one, Cam, that Chris, Matt, and I were talking about this morning is um, probably the Bahamas, unfortunately, is probably going to be out this year, although we can look into that. But the potential for a domestic redfish or snook trip, you know, thinking Everglades City or maybe uh, to New you Orleans. You plan it, I'll go. I prefer Bahamas. Mm -hmm. Go see those boys, hang out, have Simi cook us some food. The one reason I do want to go to the Bahamas is... I want to give those guys some money. Yeah, that's a big thing for me. Yeah. I think if we don't go, I'm gonna. We should all pull together some send, money to send. Send some trip money, but yeah. let's just go and pay for what we use. I like to do that. I mean, two or four of us could just do a quick. It's still open. I checked the other day. The borders are still open. Really? I want to. We should call Saul. You should call. I want to get in touch with those guys and ask. Because I do want to send them a bunch of money. I'm, that's something that's important to me is to make sure that these guys. If anyone's are. going to Andros and wants some uh, fishing guidance, could call me. Yeah, <laughs> be, be in touch. We'd love to. We we've got we've got the great greatest group of guys we love hanging out with down there. Great guides. Honestly, I can plan an Andros trip in probably less than six hours. Yeah. You know, the hardest part is to get the group of guys up here to say they're in. Cameron will never say no, and Chris will never say no as long as he's not on the boat. But like. Like Zemi, amazing cook. House Easy is easy to book, and we got four guides that are disposable who are just rock star guides and rock star people. We got to do. We do have to find a time to do that. Yep. You know. Where would you go in the U.S. though, if you wanted some different fishery with eight guys? It's a good question because. I would love to do like Louisiana in November. We're kind of creeping up on that. Like I think probably our money time, especially including you and just because of break, is mid-January. Mm -hmm. But Louisiana redfish to me is like my next one in the States that I haven't really done I a agree. lot of. 
And then they I also do... offer the opportunity to go offshore, like, if you get a super nice day, if it's too windy, you can sneak into the backcountry and do that stuff. Two of, the, two of my favorite things I've done, I have done the Louisiana Redfish, and that's cool. It really is. It's fun. The water isn't as pretty as you'd like. That's my one critique on it. Like yeah. It really is sort of truly backwater fishing. Um, brown. Back, backwater brown. brown. Yeah, and Chris spends his, half his life in that water. <laughs> um, but it's cool, and I would, I definitely want to do it again. And we figured out, we found a place down there that's awesome, put all the guys together and, and go have a good time. The other that I, I mentioned before is I love fishing the Everglades. Yeah. I like snook. I think snook are as fun as they can get pulling them out of mangroves. Like, yeah. like that's, that's something that you can just laugh all day at. Um, I mean, I had some luck last January, February in the Everglades and the flats with redfish as well. Just outside of the Everglades. Mm-hmm. Um, down there for school. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty fun. That's I, my best fishing has been the tarpon fishing up in, uh, like up in the Everglades. But that's that and we Adam, that, like I want him to come stay with us. Yeah. So yeah. that because if we're gonna stay up there, oh yeah, I'd want him to come stay with us. I think it'd be a, a great trip to stay in, like you were saying, Everglades City, as opposed to like staying in the Keys. I don't. I love the Keys. I don't have a problem with it. But if you're gonna stay in the Keys and then. Go fish up you're there. Gonna go, it's kind of you're going to take an hour boat ride into the Keys or an hour truck ride into the Keys. Then the other thing we could do is if we can book this earlier rather than later. If we were to do that, is tell Adam grab three of your buddies. We're going to house you guys. Yeah. You know, um, and you know, get eight of us to do that. Could be killer. It'd also be fun to look into like the hunting seasons down there. <laughs> That's what I'm talking I know, about. I know Adam's making, into the hunting. Yeah, he's super. Into I know. It. Well, he's into Louisiana right now. He does the whole because I know I just got a text from two days ago. Did you? Yeah. What's he saying? It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Could yeah. we do? Does he have openings in November? He does. Yeah. Steelhead or Adam Red fishing? Oh, I'd probably go Adam Red fishing. <laughs> I just like Steelhead because you can drive there; it's accessible. But, yeah. Uh, do that yeah. on a weekend, long weekend, do what? Yeah, it's easy. Not a big deal. But yeah. there's an, there's direct flights Boston New Orleans, so it's and once you're in yeah, New Orleans, it's a rental car away. So it's the same thing as driving to New York. It's just yeah. flying to New Orleans. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> oh, somewhat similar. Yeah. So Cam, have you come across any would you rather's this week or? Uh, you know, my mind has not been working that way, but let's just go for it. Would you rather, uh, Corey, go steel fishing for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, steelhead fishing. Yeah. No. Would you rather? Uh, catch a 60 pound tarpon like kind of small to average size tarpon or a 30 pound 35 pound redfish a bomb of a redfish um probably tarpon jump it jump it it'd be fun I mean the only thing the reason I'm thinking towards redfish is uh, if it's right I love when you're catching those fish right in the mangroves and you have to horse them out there's something like I, I think you you and I were together with Adam a couple years ago, and I lost a really nice snook up and in the um, mangroves. Like I I held him too tight because he turned in, and um, you know as much as I lost him, I, it was really fun to hold him. Like because if I had, if I had not held him, 
he would have definitely lost them up in the mangroves. So I held them in the, the, the leader's town. So if it's a redfish near the edge of the mangroves, that's kind of a cool thing. But probably the tarpon just does the jumping. You're tarpon? I've never... I mean, I haven't caught either, but I haven't caught a tarpon yet, so I'd have to go tarpon. Fair enough. So I'm spoiled. I've caught plenty of... Not plenty. I don't want to sound like... I've caught a ton. I've caught enough tarpon that catching a bomb of a redfish to me would be awesome. Yeah. That would... I mean, I caught my first first ever redfish last this past winter, and I caught quite a few of them um, on the bow with uh, Brett Greco, one of yeah. Billy's friends. Yeah. Um, that was fun, but tarpon would be something different. So I think we got to go tarpon fishing this winter. That yeah. just answered that. Cool. I'm in. I'll go tarpon <laughs> fishing. Well, that's the other thing about the Everglades is the... Uh, yeah, you got to go t- focus on tarpon. Yeah, you gotta go. But, so Bill had his wedding. That was in January, right? So if you're gonna focus on tarpon, are you going tarpon and pushing that to May? Is that something we could oh, do? Oh, that's like yeah, but we, none of us want that. I think we all want to, especially Chris, be back on the boat then. We'll go in the winter. We can find spots. We'll get dialed in. We just gotta work a little harder for it. We'll be fine. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, so that's it. The other would you rather, Cam, is would you rather the, uh, you know, would you rather chase Albies for half a day and know you're going to get four or five and each of your buddies are going to get four or five? Or would you rather have a 50% shot at a, at a 200-pound bluefin? Bluefin. <laughs> All day. Sign so a guy up. I actually had my first two experiences with, like, giant bluefin tuna fishing this summer and it was very different I enjoyed it um, I would definitely do it again but I think you have to be set up for it like you kind of have to have the right gear for it oh you totally do you have to be in the right mindset you have to, yeah but like back to like bottom fishing with friends is like that's the only way I go bottom fishing yeah. I only go bluefin fishing with friends yeah. like I don't need that as a <laughs> as a charter but like in the end, we're, we're just shooting the shit and having fun. And if at the end of the day you end up catching a two to four hundred pound fish, that to me is pretty special. And I don't mean to sound like a jerk, and you guys have caught more fish than I have this fall, but I've done it. So it's like I'm having friends either way. So now I'm getting a new experience that's going to be pretty effing awesome. So I, I would go bluefin, but I get it. Like trust me, it's a pick 'em. Yeah. For me, it's, a, it's the Albies. I've caught enough of the big, and I love bluefin. It's just that there's a lot of work to get it to get it together and to get it started and get it sorted, you know. Um, that I'd rather take the let's go laugh with buddies and know we're going to bend rods type thing. So. I mean, if we could bend rod them bottom fishing while we're tuna fishing, then we're talking. We could oh, do. Yeah. Well, that's, that's actually. That's not out of the realm of possibility. But, and that's going to happen. Oh, hey, we're going to miss you, but we'll go, we're going to go <laughs> cod fishing in the next few weeks, too. I don't too. blame you. Yeah. I, told, I told Mike to uh, borrow my dry suit, and he refused. So if anybody wants my dry suit, they can. That's okay. <laughs> uh, no, but we're definitely, the bottom fishing I'm really excited about. And in fact, I was looking at my bottom fishing bucket today, that cod fishing bucket. So I've got a bucket now that comes out twice a year, basically, in November. And it is 100% ready to go. So if somebody, if I, if we got a codfish tomorrow, I got four rods that are, 20 minutes away from being ready, and I got uh, a bucket of cod jigs. Let's go Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing you, I don't think you realize is that wind's going to pop in the afternoon. 
I know. So you go first thing, first light. Yeah. So. Um, cool. All right. I think that's it for our time at uh, Cisco Brewers. They no, they're not kicking us out. Um, they want to know if we want another beer. Yeah. Um, thanks for joining us. Yes. By yeah. The way. Exactly. It was awesome. This this is a great spot to do this. Something different, a little breezy today. Hopefully that wind didn't bother you uh, with the mic, but we'll see how it plays out. Have a good one, guys. Uh, stay tight. And unfortunately, the next time that we're going to be talking to you, Chris is going to be remote again, which is a sad thing for Cameron. Bring some dog talk logger with you down there. Exactly. You should. But we got we got two more weeks of efficiencies, and we we firmly believe that. So uh, well, we'll, we'll keep your lovely lady company this this fall. Come there. on. <laughs> I never said anything. <laughs> I say we keep her company. Like, come by and visit her at the brewery and maybe take yoga classes and <laughs> high five every once in a while. Perfect. Anyway, moving on. Cool. Thanks, guys. Catch ya.